As you're seated, children are dismissed to junior church at this time. I'm going to grab some of my extra notes. We're going to be turning to John chapter 15. So if you begin to turn to John chapter 15 here, and, and we're going to read that passage here in just a moment, John 15. We've been preaching and talking about knowing Jesus in 2020. And this is the last sermon having to do with knowing Jesus in 2020. And today I'm going to talk more about being connected to Jesus. In John 15, we see that Jesus is the vine. We are to be connected to him. And I wonder, let me ask you, are you connected to Jesus? You know, we stay connected to Jesus. We stay in tune with Jesus. Uh, not just through making, saying a prayer of salvation at one point at, a, at some evangelistic movement. Many, if not most, if not all of you, said a prayer of salvation many, many years ago. But we stay connected to Jesus by spending time with him in his word, spending time with him in prayer, meditating on his word, going deeper in Bible studying his word, memorizing the scriptures, spending time with the church family. We're called to, to love one another, to bear one another's burdens. And I preached this sermon series for a reason. If you recall, a number of weeks ago I shared that I had already mapped out in November, I mapped out a sermon series titled, Be Contagious in 2020. I mapped out a sermon series about sharing the gospel, which I think is a sin when we don't do that. It's not a sin to share the gospel. It's a sin to not share the gospel. We are commanded to go and share the gospel. And I had a sermon series mapped out. But the Lord convicted me, heavily convicted me. Each day, I kept coming to my mind. I need to talk about knowing Jesus, having a relationship with Jesus. We don't really care to share the gospel if we don't really know Jesus to begin with. By know Jesus, I mean have a relationship with Jesus. And I don't care how long somebody's been a church member or how long they've been a Christian. I hear some of the most immature statements from Christians. Some of the most spiritually immature. You know, like Paul told the people in Hebrews. Uh, not Paul. He might have wrote Hebrews. They used to think it was Paul. Somebody wrote Hebrews. God knows. Like Hebrews says, you should be on the meat of the word, but you're on the milk. I mean, imagine what, 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 what that analogy is saying is, I mean, imagine a bunch of adults going around with baby bottles. They can't eat meat. They've never gone beyond, you know, baby bottles. That's what he was saying about the Christians and Hebrews. They should be on meat, but they're stuck on the milk. You know, so when I hear Christians have been supposed believers for many years, gossiping and thinking it's just normal and okay, and they don't need to repent of it, you need to repent of that. That's as sinful as homosexuality and all the other things that we put on top. It's as sinful as abortion, as sinful as all of them. When I hear supposed Christians joke about church hopping, we need to be knit together with our church in a close relationship. And the deeper you are in your church family, the deeper you are in the scriptures, the deeper you are in prayer, and you put all those together, that's, that's a deep relationship with Christ. And when we view our connection to the church in just kind of a cursory way, just a, a bland way, just a shallow way, that also leads to a shallow relationship with Christ. So I hope and I pray 
that this sermon series, talking about spiritual disciplines, that's really what we've been talking about, spiritual habits, spiritual disciplines, has also helped you go deeper in your relationship with Christ. I find that too many Christians really have never grown as disciples. They've never learned spiritual disciplines. In the first sermon of this series, I said, I, it's First Timothy, it says, discipline yourself unto godliness. We think we're just going to have instant holiness. Or we think because we've been Christians for 40 years, we're a pretty holy person. No, you can still be on milk, just like they were in Hebrews. We can also lose our first love, like Revelation, where Jesus rebuked the church in Ephesus in Revelation chapter 2. We need to discipline ourselves unto godliness. We need to spend time in God's word. We need to meditate on God's word. We need to go deeper in God's word. We need to memorize God's word. We need to spend time in prayer. We need to spend time with the church family. We need to, the, we need to sharpen each other, hold each other accountable, pray together, bear one another's burdens. And we also need to repent. The Bible calls us to repent and repent publicly for public sins. We need to follow the Holy Spirit's conviction in these ways. We need to follow Jesus. We need to be connected to Jesus. A woman was driving home one night, and the weather is really nasty, you know. Uh, rain was coming down in buckets. Visibility was very poor. She couldn't see much, so she was trying to be able to tell where the road was. We wouldn't know anything about that because it never rains in northeast Ohio. But it does wherever this woman was. And it's raining, so she, there was a car in front of her. And she focused on that car in front of her and thought, I'm just going to follow this car. This car seems to know where they're going. So I'm just going to follow those taillights ahead of me. And as she did, she was able to follow that car for you know miles upon miles to follow that car. Well, eventually that car stopped. And, she, and, and the lights went off, the headlights went off, and the car parked. And she thought, what's going on? She got a little concerned. She thought maybe that car hit a deer. She started thinking, this is not good to be parked in the middle of a road. If you're parked in the middle of the road, you can get, get in a car accident. So she got concerned. All of a sudden, she sees a knock on her, on her window. She hears a knock on her window. She looks over and sees somebody standing right there. She rolls down the window, a little bit of crack, and she says, what's the matter? And the person said, I was going to ask you the same question. And she said, I'm not the one who stopped in the middle of the road. And the man who knocked on the window said, this isn't the middle of the road. This is my driveway. <laughs> so she followed this person thinking that person was the leader to follow. But she followed him right into his driveway. Obviously, this woman had chosen the wrong leader to follow. She had chosen a leader who would not take her to where she wanted and needed to go. She had chosen the wrong leader and the wrong road. Are we following Christ? Are we living with Christ, with Christ, in a relationship with Christ? Do you have a relationship with Christ? If you don't spend time with him in these spiritual habits that I've been preaching about, talking about, you don't really have a relationship with Christ. You can't have a relationship with someone that you don't spend time with. So today I wrap up this series. A.W. Tozer wrote the following. If the Holy Spirit was withdrawn from the church today, 95% of what we do would go on, and no one would know the difference. If the Holy Spirit had been withdrawn from the New Testament church, 95% of what they did would stop.
and everybody would know the difference. How much are we relying on the Holy Spirit in our church? How much are we relying on the Holy Spirit in our day-to-day life? You are the church. We are all the church. Are you abiding? Are we abiding in Christ? We need to live with Jesus, and we do that through the Holy Spirit. My theme and application today, we must abide. That means remain. We must abide in Christ, and we cannot bear fruit apart from him. We must abide. That means remain in Christ, and we cannot bear fruit apart from him. That's why it was important that I talked and preached this sermon series before talking about evangelism. People who are not abiding in Christ are not going to be evangelists. And we are all called to be evangelists. We're all called to fulfill the Great Commission. We're all called to share the gospel. And when we are abiding in Christ and we know him and we know how awesome it is to know Christ and have a relationship with Christ, we want to share the gospel. John 15, 1 through 6, I encourage you to turn there a few moments ago. So hopefully you're there on your Bibles or on your um, smartphone or whatever you're using. John 15, 1 through 6, let's read the passage. Jesus is talking here. Jesus says, I am the true vine, and my Father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that bears fruit, he prunes it so that it may bear more fruit. You are already clean because of the word which I have spoken to you. Abide in me, and I in you. As a branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in me, so neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him, he bears much fruit. For apart from me you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is thrown away as a branch and dries up. And they gather them and cast them into the fire and they are burned. Wow, verse 6 is a very, very, very strong statement. I'm going to read this passage one more time. Because I want the word of God to soak in. That's what's most important. So let's read it one more time. Jesus is talking and he says, I am the true vine. Notice he says the true vine. Don't miss that, that modifier, true vine. And my father is the vine dresser. Some translations would say the gardener, the farmer. Verse 2, every branch in me. Who is me? Jesus Every branch in Jesus, because he's the one talking, that does not bear fruit, he, that's the Father, takes away. And every branch that bears fruit, he prunes it so that it may bear more fruit. It seems that Jesus wants us to bear fruit. I'm getting that that hint right here. Verse 3, Jesus continues, You are already clean because of the word which I have spoken to you. Abide in me. Again, that means remain in me, remain in Jesus, and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine, so neither can you unless you abide in me. We cannot bear fruit unless we are connected to the vine. Jesus is the vine. Verse 5, Jesus says, I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him, he bears much fruit. For apart from me you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is thrown away as a branch and dries up. And they gather them and cast them into the fire, and they are burned. 
burned. Big old bonfire right there. Strong statement. We see right here that Jesus says to abide in him. Abide in Christ. We are called to abide in Christ. We are challenged to abide in Christ. We are challenged and called to remain in Christ. Remain in Christ. Let's put this passage in context. We are in the upper room discourse. The upper room discourse was between John chapters 13 and 17. We would see the Passover meal, and Jesus gave a lot of instructions at this time. And one actually adds to this that it is possible that if this text of this discourse was spoken as they walked from the upper room in Jerusalem down into the Kidron Valley and across the Mount of Olives, they could have seen the great golden vine the national emblem of Israel on the front of the temple. So it's possible Jesus was speaking this teaching as they were walking, as they were walking, and they would have seen the great golden vine, the national emblem of Israel. Wow, that's powerful. You know, we could look at this as God the Father as the farmer. Jesus is the vine. Jesus is the true vine, and God the Father is the farmer. The Net Bible shares there are numerous Old Testament passages which refer to Israel as the vine. Numerous Old Testament passages refer to Israel as the vine. I'm going to just kind of give them real quick. Psalm 80, verses 8 through 16. Isaiah, 5, uh, Isaiah 5, verses 1 through 7. Jeremiah 2, 21. Ezekiel 15, 1 through 8. Ezekiel 17, 5 through 10. Ezekiel 19, 10 to 14. And Hosea 10, 1. The vine became symbolic of Israel and even appeared on some coins issued by the Maccabees. Even their money would have the vine on it. Now, the Maccabees would be about 170, 180 years before this. It was about 167 B.C., okay? And we're about 30 A.D. right now, so you can do the math. So the, the vine even was on their coins. But the Old Testament passages which use this symbol appear to regard Israel as faithless to Yahweh. Israel was the faithless vine. Israel was the object of severe punishment. That's why Jesus is saying he is the true vine. Israel was faithless. Jesus is the true vine. And God the Father is the vine dresser, the farmer, the gardener. Jesus is the vine, and this means we must be connected to him. And we'll come back to that. Verse 2 shows that we are connected to Jesus, or we are connected to Jesus when we, uh, when we bear fruit. We are to bear fruit. God the Father prunes us so that we do bear fruit. But if we do not bear fruit, we are cut off. Literally, it says, the branches that do, do not bear fruit, he lifts up. The branches that do not bear fruit, the gardener, God the Father, lifts up. Now, there are two views on that. To me, the obvious one is it seems like the branches that do not bear fruit are cut off. There is another view held by some that, 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 that would say that the branches that do not bear fruit are lifted up, kind of like with a trellis. A trellis is lifting those branches up so that they can bear fruit, helping them along. You know, either way, it, I believe what, what Jesus is saying is that the branches that do not bear fruit are not truly connected to him, and so they are cut off. I mean, that is quite clear by verse 6. Verse 6 clearly says, the branches that do not bear fruit are cut off. 
Branches that bear fruit are pruned to bear more fruit. The point is that we must be connected to Jesus. We must be connected to Jesus. We must have a relationship with Jesus. In verse 3, Jesus shares the disciples are clean. And how does he say they're clean? He says, you are already clean because of the word which I have spoken to you. Jesus cleansed them. In this sense, they are clean, meaning they are already pruned. They are already pruned because of the word that Jesus spoke to them. In John 17, 17, it's Jesus' high priestly prayer. And Jesus says that God's word is truth. And Jesus prays that they will be sanctified by truth. Jesus prays for the disciples. Jesus prays for us and he says, sanctify them by truth. Your word is truth. To be sanctified means to be set apart. We are called to be set apart by truth. And God's word is truth. Verse 4 is key. Abide in Jesus. This means to remain in him or to live in him. Jesus says why they must remain in him. A branch cannot bear fruit on its own. We need to be in Jesus to bear fruit. And this is our key application. Remain in Jesus. Abide in him so you bear fruit. This whole sermon series has been about having a relationship with Jesus. We need to know Jesus. In fact, one of my uh, good pastoral friends, I was just emailing back and forth with him last week, is Pastor Rick Sams, who was Pastor of Alliance Friends. Some of you know him. And he has told me, John 15, he thinks is one of the most pivotal passages, important passages in the New Testament. He thinks John 15 should be part of every mission statement, vision statement of every church. Remaining in Jesus, abiding in Jesus, being connected to Jesus. Knowing Jesus. Brother Lawrence shares the following. He says the most holy practice, the most holy practice, the nearest to daily life and the most essential for the spiritual life is a practice of the presence of God. That is to find joy in his divine company and to make it a habit of life. Speaking humbly and conversing lovingly with him at all times, every moment, without rule or restriction, above all, at times of temptation, distress, dryness, and revulsion, and even of faithlessness and sin, practicing the presence of God. And what a joy that ought to be. We get to live in a relationship with God at all times. And I don't know what life would be like without Jesus in a close relationship with him. You know, many times our Christian life is like this power strip. Can we get much power from this power strip right now? You know, it's not plugged in. And our Christian life is like this if we're not plugged in, connected to Jesus. We need to be plugged into Jesus. The other times our Christian life is like this. We're plugged into ourselves, and that doesn't really work either, does it? We need to be plugged into Jesus. You know, imagine his power strip is the, is the branches. This needs connected to the vine. The vine is Jesus. We need to be connected to Jesus. We need to be plugged into Jesus. And this goes back to soteriology, which is a theology of salvation. Because of our sins, we were all disconnected from God to begin with. 
Because of our sins, imagine that we were wired to God to begin with. We were literally wired to God. But because of our sins, we had a short in that wiring. Our fuse was blown. We, you know, we, uh, we had a disconnect in our wiring to God. But Jesus rewires us spiritually. We got to be plugged into him, though. We got we to be connected to him. In verse 5, Jesus adds to verse 4, Jesus clarifies that he is the vine and we are the branches. This adds to the metaphor. A branch must be connected to the vine. So we also must be connected to the vine. If we are connected to Jesus, we bear fruit. Apart from Jesus, we can do nothing. I mean, think about it. Have any of you connected live tree branches off of a tree? I think most of us have, right? They're a live tree branch. We think this branch is growing funny. We're going to cut it. What's that branch look like after a week or two? It starts to dry up. It starts to die. It starts to lose its life. So when I lived in Alliance, we rented a house on an acre. We had probably 100 trees. There were way, way, way too many trees. And that is why, to this day, I hate trees. Because every time the wind blew, I had to go around the yard picking up tree branches. Every time. I spent 13 hours after one winter just picking up tree branches so I could mow. And I would put all those tree branches. It, you know, we had a big storm a few years ago in August. And I filled a big, big, big pile of green, lively tree branches. They had all come down in the storms. And I pile all those tree branches up in a big pile. They had leaves on them. They, they, you know, they were alive before they fell out of the tree. But within a week or two... That big pile of branches starts to rot away. It starts to sink down. The life was taken out of those tree branches because they weren't connected to the trunk. They weren't connected to the vine. And that happens to us. When we, you know, say that you're spending time in spiritual disciplines. You're spending time with Jesus in the Word and in prayer. You're spending time with the church family. And you start to stray. You don't see it, but you start to rot spiritually. You start to lose your life. You may not see that happening. Maybe others can. Maybe the devil's blinding your eyes. We need to be connected to the vine so that we bear fruit, so that we have life. Apart from that, we can do nothing. Verse 6 tells us what happens if we do not abide in him. If we do not live in him, we are thrown away like a dead branch. The farmer gathers dead branches and burns them. And that is a description of those that do not abide in Jesus and bear fruit. That's a strong, strong, strong picture that Jesus is giving us. We have to ask ourselves, were they ever in him to begin with if they're thrown in the fire? I don't know. I don't know that Jesus is trying to teach about that. Were they in him before and then they, they lost their connection to him? So they were thrown into the fire? My main exhortation is make sure that you are connected to him. Make sure that you are connected to Jesus. Make sure that you are connected to the vine. And let me help you. I really want to help you. We must remain in Jesus. We must abide in him. And so let's look at some applications. We must abide in Jesus. How do we abide in Jesus? You know, that's what I've been preaching about. Spend time with Jesus in his word daily. Some of you may not like to read. There's lots and lots of audio Bibles out there. They're free online. They're on phone apps. Spend time in his word daily. Spend time in prayer. Talk to God as your best friend. Be fervent in prayer. 
Meditate on his word. Memorize his word. Ruminate on his word. Go deeper in actual Bible study. If some of you have trouble actually reading and doing Bible study, maybe I could point you to some strong Bible teaching available for free, which you can use, do on YouTube or podcast or on the internet. Go deeper in Bible study. Listen to Moody Radio or Christian radio stations. John MacArthur's uh, preaching is extremely deep. There's many, many, many other good ones that can help you. Spend time with the church family. If we're not connected to the church family, we are not connected to the vine. That is a spiritual discipline that is so, so, so critical. We discern God's will through the church family. I don't know if you realize that. If we feel called to do something or to do some type of ministry, that should be confirmed by God's people, which is the church family. We must bear fruit showing that we remain in Jesus, and we must worship God that we can live life with Jesus. Isn't that amazing? We can live life connected to Jesus. And, you know, I thought about another thing that I wanted to add to the sermon. It'll only take a couple hours. Uh, Timothy Byrne shared this morning a hymn with me, which we're not going to sing today, but I want to read it to you. Hymn 466, What a Friend We Have in Jesus. We are called to have a friendship with Jesus. What a friend we have in Jesus, all our sins and griefs to bear. What a privilege to carry everything to God in prayer. Oh, what peace we often forfeit. Oh, what needless pain we bear. All because we do not carry everything to God in prayer. Have we trials and temptations? Is there trouble anywhere? We should never be discouraged. Take it to the Lord in prayer. Can we find a friend so faithful who will all our sorrows share? Jesus knows our every weakness. Take it to the Lord in prayer. Are we weak and heavy laden, cumbered with a load of care? Precious Savior, still our refuge. Take it to the Lord in prayer. Do thy friends despise, forsake thee? Take it, take it to the Lord in prayer. In his arms he'll take and shield thee. Thou wilt find a solace there. We need to nurture our relationship with Jesus. Invest in our relationship with Jesus. Discipline ourselves unto godliness. It takes discipline. Where are you at? Don't give up. A man once brought home a... Now, he once bought a home with a tree in the backyard. It was wintertime, so he couldn't really tell what kind of tree this was. And he looked forward to spring when he could see what kind of tree it was. Spring came along, and he saw the tree grew little white flowers, and he thought, great, a flower tree. But then the wind came, and all the flowers went to the ground, and he thought, that's a stupid tree. I'm going to cut it down come fall. All the tree has is flowers that fall to the ground. But then as summer came along, the tree grew, grew fruit. It was, it was green fruit, though. And he was happy. He thought, that tree has nice green fruit. That's going to be nice. So he picked one of the fruit off the tree. He took a bite of it, and it was sour. It was terrible. And he thought, this fruit is terrible. And he threw the fruit to the ground. And he thought, again, come fall, I'm going to cut down this worthless tree. But then fall came, and the tree produced crisp red apples. It was an apple tree. 
Some of us see Christians with their early blossoms of happiness and think they should be that way forever. Or we see bitterness in their lives, and we're sure they will never bear the better fruit of joy. Could it be that we forget some of the best fruit ripens late? So my encouragement to you, spend time with the Lord daily. Discipline yourself unto godliness. And let those fruit, well, it says fruit, not fruits. Let the fruit of the Holy Spirit ripen within you. The fruit of love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Spend time with the Lord. Stay connected to the vine. Let's pray right now. Oh, Lord God, I pray that we, will, we really would be connected to you. You are the vine. We are the branches. And, Lord God, we must be connected to you to bear fruit. Lord God, for all of us here, I know the world's a struggle. And so, Lord God, I ask that you would help us. Help us nurturing our relationship with you. Help us staying close to you. Help us repenting when we need to. Help us seeking you. Spending time with you in prayer. Spending time with you in your word, meditating on your word, ruminating over your word, spending time in deeper Bible study. And, oh, Lord, help us spending time with the church family. Help us investing in Sunday school and small groups and Bible studies and prayer partners in addition to Sunday morning worship. Help us growing in the grace and knowledge of you, our Lord and Savior. To you be the glory forever and ever. In Jesus' name, amen.